Hello and welcome to the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, brought to you by Element Opie Productions. ElementOpie.com. And now, here are your hosts, Christy Vincent and Brian Brueger. The Tightwad Teacher, episode 39, for April 3rd, 2012. I'm your host, Christy Vincent. Tonight, we are joined by the very multi-talented Brian Brueger and the always engaging Mark Cockrell. Our special guest this week, well, you're stuck with us for the most part. So this week, we're going to look at all that professional development that you love to attend, but we promise there will be no death by PowerPoint. Two reasons. One, I don't like PowerPoint, and two, you couldn't it's see it if we had it anyway. <laughs> That's right. That whole audio part. So we're bringing it to you all by the magical sound of our voice. This will be an interesting hour for sure. Can we just do all the transitions with those cute little swipe and slide in noises? <laughs> Absolutely. Mark, get to editing. There's nothing else for you to do this week. Clear your calendar. Can, we have to make sure every letter comes in one at a time and flies in and does a little circle, right? Oh, you work for TEA, Mark? Uh, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> you too can put 500 words on one slide, can you? And then stand there and read every one of them to you. You have been at the same trainings I was in. <laughs> well, Man, I'm, I'm pretty excited to, uh, to find out what tonight is about because... I actually just attended the uh, Palm Beach County um, Educational Technology Conference yesterday, and it's it's kind of a thing that stems off of FETC, which is the Florida Educational Technology Conference, but it's um, done in Palm Beach County, Florida, and um, geared specifically around that public school district, which is one of the largest in the in the nation, but anybody in the county can come. And so I got a couple good things, and one of them right down the line of professional development. So is that like like L.A. where Orange County is like 73 bazillion people? Is that how Palm Beach County works to you? Like all of Florida is in one county? I do believe that 73 bazillion is the precise number of people in Palm Beach County. Yes, but were any of those counted with a hanging chad? <laughs> Absolutely. People in South Florida do not know how to vote, and if they did, they would vote twice. <laughs> <laughs> vote early and vote often, I always say. But before we yes. get too far, i got to say, not that anybody cares, but this has consumed my life for the last uh, uh, 10 days or so. I'm in a new studio. Yay! Woohoo! Yay, new studio. And th- those of you watching on the live stream can see-, see that there's still some unpainted lumber behind me. Things are not quite 100% finished, but at least I'm in, and and things are working, and um, yay, it was a big deal. So that's all I got to say about that. Welcome to Pod Pod 2.0. We're all very excited. I mean, there's just, I hear the masses. They're, they're so excited. Yeah, well, there was one. Finally, you got on the. Finally, you got on the 2.0 wagon. That's right. All right. <laughs> I hear 3.0 is coming tomorrow, so it's about time. So, Christy, now, what, what it, are we going to talk about tonight? Oh, yeah, I am in charge of that. So, so this week, of course, we're doing professional development, but it's all about, about hearing. And the first time that our dear friend Mark, who's going to feign total ignorance to the whole matter, suggested that we offer any type of professional development without visuals, I think John was the one that went, uh, like, 
how exactly are we going to do that without some type of visual? So that got me thinking about the strangest things that I've heard this week, because one really cut to the core of me. So back, what, three, four shows again, we discussed the the love I have for shoes, mainly because they make me taller than fourth graders. And this week, in the great state of Pearson, I mean Texas, we are knee-deep in assessments. You know, when learning shuts down and we try to tell how well a teacher is at her, his or her profession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is what I hear on the announcements. I kid you not, I would never say this. This is what I hear on the announcements Monday afternoon. Teachers, we know you're going to work so hard tomorrow for the star test. And I'm thinking, what, running the stopwatch or telling a child they can't go to the bathroom? Please be sure you wear quiet shoes. And I sat there. So that means no heels, right? No heels. So now Pearson has decided how I need to dress to teach. I can't wear heels because it might disturb their assessment. I really wanted to Is show that, up in, in bunny slippers. Are they actually teaching you or telling you what to wear when you teach or when you observe? No, when all these little children are <laughs> taking these things. Nightstar in the chat room wants to know, can you wear the hat? I bet that would have been just too over the top. I should have. I should have showed up in bunny slippers and my hat. You're right. I should have. So you could be the Mad Hatter and the White Rabbit all in one shot. That would be awesome. And then they can come pick me up and put me in a nice, quiet, padded room. <laughs> well, with the, except for the padding, you had the quiet room part today. That is true, and go. everything was stripped from the walls. So we were we were one step away from being there. <laughs> My word, that just mm, that cut me to the core. Did you hear anything strange and fantastic this week, Mark or Brian <laughs> or anyone? Or no, anyone? Nothing, nothing well, interesting like that. I, I had to. Uh, at the school where I where I work, all of the uh, the bell system and all that is tied into a PA system, and and I've often said that once electrons start running through something, it becomes my responsibility. So um, I I am now somehow de facto in charge of the bells, and and they called the counselor called me and asked me if um, if I would disable the bells so that it wouldn't that they wouldn't ring, and I thought yeah I did it, but I thought so they ring three seconds. Every 90 minutes, and they really think that's going to blow a child's opportunity to get into the college of their choice. Wow, that's just sad. I got hung up on the electrons run through it part, because that's exactly how I feel. If it has electricity, it must be somehow my responsibility, and that includes... The laminating machine. Yep, anything. Yeah, anything dun, 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 that bugs me the wall. I have had a teacher. Oh, which I've never used. <laughs> I had a teacher bring me a toaster one time. I'm not kidding. No. They were you're doing kidding. like a, a party in their room and they had a little toaster oven and they were cooking on it and it didn't work. And so naturally, bring it to the computer guy because electrons <laughs> run through it. That's right. That's just sad. That, that's really well, just beyond sad. Well played. My word. I mean, but that that really comes back, and I'm going to throw you guys under the bus tonight, and which is really brave since John's not here to, to back me up. And I'm not saying that you two wonderful, astounding, amazing people have done it, but it seemed to be the 
the way of tech directors, if you will, that you would buy stuff that's just going to change our world because some vendor somewhere showed it to you. And you chunk it into a teacher's classroom and you go, here, use this. It's going to revolutionize your world. Well, Christy, right. from my experience, it's far more often the principal does that than the tech guy. But because it has electricity by nature, of course, oh, it's we our blame. Fault. Okay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It plugs into a wall. There's that funny looking blue cable somewhere. It must be your fault. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Absolutely. But of course, so, you know, so on the notion of professional development, let me jump right in with this crazy idea that I heard yesterday, which oh on one hand may not be incredibly profound, but on the other hand, I think it is, if not for anything else, the fact that not many people implement this way. So if we're going to, you know, if, if our goal in, in the classroom is, let's say, to have students start using video or something like that in their classroom and whatnot, Typically, what we just do is we say, okay, everybody needs this equipment, and then we go out there, and then we tell them that they what they need to do with it, and then when they don't, nothing happens, or they complain that they didn't get enough training, or so on and so forth, and you know, later on down the line, we realize it didn't work properly. So yesterday... Um, I was talking to Rushton Hurley. I don't know if you're familiar with him, um, but uh, I was discussing with him the idea of um, these types of, uh, of rollouts or implementations. And he proposed the idea that within your district that you get the teachers to agree to do whatever you know the goal is We'll stick with the video for the for the example. And let's say you're going to have your students do, you know, X number of videos over the course of their, their um, year. And so then you supply the teacher with the equipment needed to achieve that goal. And then you set little milestone markers. So after the first quarter, they've supposedly done this many videos. And after the second quarter, they do this many, so on and so forth. And then each time that they achieve a goal, you give them a little um, stipend or some incentive. Um, in the example he used, it was money, um, you know, maybe, you know, a couple hundred dollars or something like that. And then they get to continue the project. If they fail at any of those goals along the line, you collect the equipment that you gave to them and you don't give them the little stipend, and then you redistribute that equipment to the teachers who are doing it. And I thought, what a great way to encourage some self-motivation and, and get them to work. And then on the other hand, I saw the lawyers and the <laughs> um, and I saw the the. Uh, the the teacher groups and teacher advocates and you know unions and this and thing saying that's not equality that's not and I'm like wait a second they had the same opportunity as all the other teachers they just chose not to come through with it so I'm wondering if it's possible if we could withhold a little bit of a um of a teacher salary say a thousand dollars and over the course of the year say 
you can earn this $1,000 by achieving these little goals. And maybe that's a great way to solve, you know, the whole, you know, merit pay type thing also, because you are actually earning the money. You're doing specific goals and, and earning it, but it also supports you with more equipment. Yeah, but isn't that kind of a carrot and stick approach? Is there a problem with that? Are you familiar with Daniel Pink's work? <laughs> okay, I'm sending I, you my special gift to you is Drive <laughs> by Daniel Pink. You must read this from cover to cover. Um, yeah, there's a problem with it. Okay, Mark, we're changing the show notes. I think we just got festive around here. No, you can't <laughs> do that. You can't. Why? You can't. Because it doesn't work, one, you have tied what should be an internal motivation to this carrot that you're dangling in front of them, which $1,000 isn't much until you realize teachers don't get paid anything. So $1,000 is what they would be spending for their classroom anyway. And you've, you've tied it to this rewards and punishment system. That doesn't work. We've proved that doesn't work at all. What? Ever. What's what's the punishment? Because if you don't do what you're supposed to do, we're not going to give you what's rightfully yours anyway. Yeah, I think the, the, the hitch there is when you said withhold part of the salary. I think the money would have to come from somewhere else and be an incentive totally separate from salary. Sure. But I still I'm don't think that, incentive pay would work. Well, it's, is it pay at that point or is it incentive to upgrade your classroom? It's still a carrot and stick. It doesn't work. The Okay, well then let's start looking through our classrooms and tell me that if we just give it and continue to do things the way we're doing, meaning we supply this equipment and then try to egg or beg or, you know, how do we get those teachers who don't want to come along? And I'm not talking about the teachers um you know, who are the go-getters and are going to be excelling anyways. I'm talking about the ones that are apprehensive and not wanting to try something new and not wanting to take that leap. How are you getting them to go along unless you actually provide some incentive? And I'm, well, I mean, you it, can go along. Go ahead. You, you, can, you can continue to teach the way that you were and not participate at all, but at the same time, we don't want to hear you complain that you don't have the proper equipment in your classroom because that's a choice you're making. You're saying, I'm not going to try to do these things and have that equipment. I would rather avoid the equipment and not have to worry about it at all. Okay, that's so an acceptable I, choice. Well, I argue no, because if my child is in that classroom, I don't think that you have the right to deny my child those 21st century skills with those 21st century tools because you want to go home and be Lucille Ball and welcome to 1950. I don't think that's okay either. And I'm not so, saying you have to have technology to teach effectively. Please, I don't need hate mail. I'm not saying that either. But I don't think we can take two giant leaps back just because there's fear in the environment. But I would argue that the current model of just providing the equipment on the, on the notion of equity and making sure that everybody has X, Y, and Z in their classroom 
isn't actually working. Oh, no, that's a huge waste of resources. Massive waste of resources. So we built a high school just a couple of years ago. It was completely and totally designed, literally from the foundation up, to be very project-based learning centric. And each wing or area is divided with, you know, a color, like this area is this color. And it has a iPad cart for that area. It has a MacBook Pro cart for that area. It has central community learning areas. And the idea is that when you are learning whatever, there's no room assignments, I would take my class to the iPad area if we need iPads for that day's lesson. Or we would go to the community learning area if we're just going to, you know, get in small groups and work together or whatever. And, and that was the idea behind it. It worked for exactly one year. And then everyone went right back to exactly what they had always done. I have iPad carts sitting with minimal use. I have MacBook carts sitting that, yeah, they make it used. And all the teachers have claimed a room is their space. All of the walls, the interior walls were, were actually windows. And the teachers have put up blinds and curtains. They went right back to the environment that they had come from. Nothing changed. And I walked through that school and I'm totally and completely heartbroken and I'm angry. I'm angry that the administration didn't back me up and my department up and say, oh, uh, -uh sugar, that ain't going to work. See, this is this is what we're doing now. Welcome to the new century. And you either come along kicking and stream, screaming or you don't. It's, it's pretty simple. But no, our model that we have now, it's it's horrible. And that's what I'm saying. If we change that model and essentially do exactly what you're saying and say, you know, if you want to be a part of this, then we're going to support you as long as you are a part of this. And if you don't want to be a part of it, then don't be a part of it. And will that teacher have complaints from parents? Yeah, probably. We have to be willing to accept that and and then and then move on. So are you rewarding those teachers who who are participating and want to try the new and and continue with that? Absolutely you are. I don't know. I don't think I'm rewarding them as, as much as I'm saying you you get to stay. You know, we get to continue this journey together. If I but I'm not I'm not I don't feel like that's a rewards and punishment system. It's not a, a carrot and stick approach of woohoo, everyone chase the carrot. It's this is the expectation. If you don't meet it, you go. If you do meet it, you stay. But once you start bringing in the whole idea of rewards and we're going to reward this action and punish that action, that's going to change really quick. You know, then I have that expectation for that reward. I shouldn't have an expectation for a reward. I should have an expectation to meet and exceed what's already expected of me. Uh, Christy, how many uh, uh, administrators have you worked for in your career, roughly? <sighs> Seven. Six, six, okay. seven. How many have you known uh, on a, on a more than casual level? Two. Okay. And how many of those actually had the intestinal fortitude to do what you're talking about? <laughs> One. Yeah. <laughs> that that's exactly the point. You 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 make these these grand claims. This is what should happen. The reality is it doesn't happen because um, you know superintendents' jobs are hard enough. And then you piss off 100% of your teachers and it gets that much harder. Right. But I don't, I don't, and you know, I, I already said from the beginning, I'm young and I ruffle feathers and that's okay with me. That is okay with me because 
I'm okay with challenging the status quo. And my favorite question to ask is why? And I quite frankly scare my boss frequently. He's like, there's a board meeting tonight. You're not going, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and it's because if I see the superintendent in the hall, it's like, hey, hey, where were you the other day? He's like, shh, you can't do that. Why not? Why can't I? Tell me why I can't. I'm tired of the status quo. I have my undergraduate in politics and I'm tired of playing the game. It broke my heart to drop off my child today to go to school for that torture test. The status quo has got to change, but if we all keep feeding into the system, you do the same thing, you get the same results. So challenge it sometimes. I don't see the problem. I don't see it at all. And I'm not saying Well, the that reason you don't see the problem is you don't have 100 angry parents on the phone all day long. Oh, yeah. I've got my share of parents. One, one threatened to throw me in jail. She told me actually that I wanted her child to fail. I'm thinking, no, sweetheart, I don't. <laughs> and that is the hard part because the parents are quick to tell you it worked in their age. It should still work. I'm sure. not saying that it's a perfect solution. And I'm sure not saying that where I'm work is going along with it. But I think that we should bring up both points and say, well, this is what we're going to do because this is the feasible. This is going to get us through tomorrow and the rest of the year. This is what we're keeping on the back burner and this is what we're moving towards. Sure. However slowly that journey may be. And I guess, I guess I, I absolutely agree. I wish we could just, you know, stick a stake in the ground and say either you are or you're not. If you're not, you know, we'll give you a good reference and send you on your way. I, I, I love the idea. I just don't think that that's actually going to work. And number two, I don't think it's actually going to work, especially in an environment where you have unions and things like that, that, you know, as they're supposed to are sticking up for the teacher. But, you know, again, in that case, I'm talking about teachers who probably shouldn't be in the profession to begin with. So, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, down with all teachers. I'm simply saying if you do reward the behavior that you like and I'm not saying punish the behavior that you don't because I'm not a everybody gets a blue ribbon kind of person. I'm I'm you know, OK, you can reward one part. But the, the fact that you're not rewarding another group, does that mean that you're punishing that group? It means that you're just not doing anything for that group. And so how many it, times have you worked for teachers that if they didn't get what Sally got across the hall, well, obviously you don't like me and you're punishing me. That's fine. But I can actually point to, did you follow the following things? Did you fulfill this end of the, your, your end of the bargain? And when the answer is clearly no, there's no argument there about whether or not we like you. It's simply, do you want to come on board and try this? And if so, in the first semester, I need to see, you know, this many projects out of your classroom. And if you meet it, great, we'll support you. If you didn't, that's fine. We'll just provide that equipment over here to another group who is meeting it and is willing to step up their challenge a little bit. Okay. And in all fairness, the people who don't need to be in the classroom, who we all wish to God we could kick to the curb and never let them back in, are they really going to say, you're right, Brian, it's all my fault? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, but look at the list. Here's what you agreed to. Did you meet and this? Yes or no? what are they going to say? 
They're going to say, well, I tried. There was that one day when the power was out and it didn't work. Yeah, that's what they'll say. The technology never works. If this crap you gave me ever worked, I would have been able to do all those things that you said. And okay. I couldn't go to that training you provided. I was getting my nails done. So you should have picked a day. Did you get it done? Did you get it done? Because you didn't do it for me. You've Did had you this get argument. Come on. You know and you exact, had this argument. And this is exactly where I met. Did you get it done? This is my response fault. to the argument. Did you it's get it done? Yes or no? I would have if it wasn't for you. <laughs> Did you get it done? <laughs> it boils down to a yes or no question. <laughs> no, because I'm going to go tell my best friend, principal, administrator, superintendent, secretary's wife that it was all your fault. Go and ahead. Go right back to the that politics. Doesn't me. I mean, it's all politics. And that, oh, that kills me. It kills I know. Me. I know. And that's what I'm saying is that you got to have some type of of a contract or you know something where you can say we need to see this and then it comes down to i mean that's the only point that you can get it to a black and white issue of did you do it or did you not do it yeah but so, now we're back at that meeting expectation thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, see, i found him when he had a glass in his hand Christy, <laughs> help me out what's so wrong with expectations nothing's wrong with expectations what's wrong is Using a carrot and stick to get everything done. I'm sending you both a copy of Daniel Pink's book, Drive. Have either one of you read it? I'm, I've, yes. And no. Have you really? I have. I've, now, I've, see, there's so much wrong with carrot and stick. Just because of Pink? Yeah, see, my, no, my opinion is because a guy wrote a book doesn't necessarily mean I have to change my entire way of thinking. Oh, no, 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 no. Because I wrote, <laughs> I just read Daniel Pink this year, but I've been studying the people he named as his predecessors for quite some time. And it, it totally makes sense. I mean, even with my own kids, once we started an allowance, then they always expect pay for everything. Before we started the allowance thing, it was go do this. Yes, ma'am. Or they would ignore me. But one way or the other, they were either did it or didn't. Now it's And what like, did you do when they ignored you? Well, I can't tell you that on air. Some some <laughs> liberal person will say that I'm some redneck mama beating my kid. Now, see, in, in my household, let me say, let me just say, there is only a satisfy stick. with punishment. <laughs> yes, they were they were punished because they were that age. But now okay. that has that has changed into yes, ma'am. How much are you going to pay me? Well, nothing, son. I'm going to do it because that's the expectation to live in this household. Welcome aboard, big boy. Oh, but. You can't say that that you don't support the carrot and stick, but yet you do support the punishment side. I mean, for is there four-year-olds not professional you, people? Oh wait, wait, wait! There's a good comment in the chat room here. Nightstar, who is from uh, Missouri, uh, Mississippi, one of those I can never remember which, uh, says that our problem here is there's a shortage of teachers, and if you don't keep up, nothing can be done. We don't have the luxury of getting rid of a teacher. That's we do in Texas. There's like sixty thousand of them unemployed. That that is absolutely true. I mean, if you want to start talking about whether or not you can pass on poor teachers, then I think we all have stories of plenty of teachers who could have been or should have been dismissed, but had not been over the course of our careers. So I don't think that that's a a good debate to have simply because it's not something that we have the power to do anything about, you know, right. here. But going back to the professional development part. How is it that we can encourage our teachers to be um, or become 
or continue to be lifelong learners because if they have the intrinsic motivation to learn <gasps> you then, found his work then then they're actually going to do something you know and they're going to want to you know they're going to give themselves their own carrot if you will but that's different because that's coming from the inside that's, that's I'm fine. doing it because I want to be better. I'm doing it because I love my kids. I'm doing it to learn and continue to be. That's not Brian's giving me a carrot. Woo woo. What happens when Brian runs out of carrots? I'm not going to learn anymore. Your eyesight will go bad. <laughs> oh, honey, that happened 15 years ago. Well played. Well played. Okay. We are actually going to four speed ourselves back to the notes because 28 minutes in you decide to actually 28 do a minutes show. in yes and this is good to me this is good i mean somebody we have at least one person in the chat room who's hanging out right but this is <laughs> this is good because you don't always get that sorry brian the tech guy and the teacher where they can just sit and talk and have these conversations this happens behind closed doors or never at all yeah, and to me, Ed, Ed, that's crap. One more comment from the chat room. Ed Deck Tech Sandy said what I would have said uh, was model, model, model. Uh, she says right. the most the most motivated Absolutely. teachers I've ever worked with or worked under an administrator who is continuously learning and encourage others to learn. But that goes back to my point. I think that we can't fix teachers until we fix administrators. We've got to get a whole <laughs> generation of administrators out and get Amen. new administrators in before we can fix this problem. Amen. Sure. 110%, Mark. 110%. And I say that as an administrator. I recognize <laughs> that sometimes I'm as much a part of part of the problem as I am part of the solution. That, and if we're going to um, to fundamentally change the way we do things, if we're going to throw away uh, 75 years of carrot and stick, we can't just do that uh, by reading a book. You know, it's nope. going to have to people have to be people who actually believe this crap. I mean, this this good teachings and um, have the and, power to do and have the passion it. to do it. And those people are going to have to come up through the ranks. And you know, what is it? Uh, I'm going to make a, a a number up here. One percent of teachers become administrators. Okay, so we're going to have to wait for that one percent to get there so that they can lead the other ninety nine percent along. And you got to sure. wait for that one percent that makes it past their fifth year. We've still got fifty percent of teachers. Young, wanting, motivated, passionate people walking out our doors after five short years going, it's just not worth it. I'm done. Never mind. Whatever. Get me out of here. That's insane. That's insane. Sure. sure. And that's and that's kind of how I ended up out of the classroom. But then, you know, with the technology thing, ended up coming back because I just didn't feel like working technology in order to support a banker or something like that. I just didn't see the purpose in it. So I did the same thing. I'm not going to lie. My, my problem is that I can't, I mean, I, I wrestle back and forth between wearing that teacher hat, even to this day and wearing that administrator hat. Now I happen to work in a school that has fabulous administrators that actually, you know, when we go in to talk about using technology, um, even if the conversation happens to slip into, you know, technology for the sake of technology, we all end up pulling it or correcting it, self-correcting and coming back and saying, no, technology is a tool to help educate children and it's educating children that we're wanting to do. And so even with that, though, I mean, we have a group of administrators who are 
seeing things the right way, but we still don't have a school that is totally doing things the right way. Now, Nightstar in the chat room makes a, a point that I've made a number of times before. He says, if they can't teach, they get promoted to administration. Um, and, and that's not necessarily, um, a slam on administrators, but those who are passionate and, and excellent teachers and are at home in the, in the classroom don't leave the classroom. Those who become administrators are the ones who weren't at home in the classroom for whatever reason. So there's always this, this disconnect between the principal, uh, who used to be a teacher, but there's a reason he's no longer a teacher. There was something, you know, either he wasn't happy being a teacher or he wasn't good at it and he moved on up. There's one of those two things changed. And so you end up having people um, with a natural, um, almost organic um, uh, antagonism. Mm -hmm. You made me quiet, Mark. <laughs> I was going to say, what say ye? <laughs> what say ye? I, I, I go back to a couple minutes. You're right. We need to change this from the top down. And one of the things that is in his book are the organizations that have, and, and really his book's about business. It just, there's a lot that applies to education. He talks about companies that have done amazing and different things. And the way that that started was from the top down, you know, and, and my boss tells me all the time, you have total control. You have complete control from you down. That's the hierarchy we work in. When I'm in the classroom, I have control from me down. I can't control what everyone above me in this feudal system hierarchy does. But from me down, I can control that and I can choose its destiny. And we have to attract and keep teachers that want to be on the cutting edge of that, that they're willing to take those steps, embrace the technology, embrace the new fill in the blank. It's not always tech. It's a new teak. It's a new child. It's a new whatever. It's a new test from Pearson. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not going to play. Mm -mm, no, because I don't think we should embrace that. I think we should all opt out and take our children to a real learning experience instead. Don't get my blood pressure going again, Mark. <laughs> it's just wrong. It's just wrong. Okay, are y'all going to keep coming back? Or what was really it John called me recently? The instigator? I, I think I heard that one. <laughs> the bear. Yes. You're the bear. I Don't I would the say bear. the instigator in chief. <laughs> <laughs> You're the IIC. <laughs> and of, and of course we have another comment. See, I'm willing to let this go, but the chat room isn't. Another <laughs> comment in in the chat room is is you know parents are an issue when, um you know I am a parent of of two children in elementary school, and my opinions about elementary teaching have changed dramatically since I saw what my kids are bringing home and mm -hmm. it's uh um you know i i never used to to um have a problem with homework until i saw that homework um was entirely useless i i thought when i was in school that homework was useless but i thought that was just a kid's point of view and now i have kids and i mm -hmm. see that what they're doing is literally useless um and I, I don't and at the school where i'm in the the policy is the rule is a teacher gives homework five days a week that's that's a rule you have to have homework five days a week. Um, and for what? J just because. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just the way it is. That's, to kill a couple of trees. You know how many things I do in life because. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or let me rephrase that. You know how many things in life I avoid because. And you know what I would tell you, Mark? <laughs> you know what? You know what trumps that local school policy, right? 
aside from your innate God-given parental right to decide what's best for your child, the state of Texas actually put it in their code that you as a parent have the right to opt out of anything from that school district that you feel is not right for your child. And my, I go and I meet my teacher, the whole meet the teacher night for my kids, and I tell them point blank, I work in education, okay? I'm gonna be your best friend and your worst enemy. You need something for the classroom, you need cookies, you need transparencies, whatever you need. You need a webcam, I'm here for you, sissy. And I will advocate to your tech director until we get it installed and I can have my parent-teacher conference via webcam. I'm here for you. But you send some bogus, bobo, busy work home with my child, she ain't doing it. And you're gonna get a note that says she ain't doing it because we're doing something else in our house that night. And I've gone round and round with them already. Why does she need to do this? You tell me why she need to do this right now. My son had to write. He doesn't, he doesn't like to write. It's difficult for him. Yes, I said a transparency. They still make those, really, honest to God. They still have them. And I said, he doesn't like to write. We're going to move him online instead. When we're going to do a, a spelling type thing online where he can, he can type. I mean, they just looked at me like I was out of my mind. He's not writing. Moving on next, stick up for your kids. But the flip side of it is that's not the parent trouble we have for the most part. We have parents who want to blame everything on the teacher. It's all the teacher's fault. Susie can't pass because it's all your fault. Johnny's not doing well. It's all your fault. And we have hundreds of them calling the school, tying us up. Okay, I could be teaching your kid if I wasn't on the phone with you. Okay, can we talk about this later? Or they're showing up in the middle of class, totally unannounced and quite frankly, unwelcome at that time. I'm here to do my job. Let me do it. Did you ever ask them if they wanted to homeschool their kids? <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to ask them that, actually. How about, would you please? home? I'll get the forms oh, for you. I like that one better. And it takes I mean, about, what, two weeks for them to realize, oh, crap, this is harder than we thought. Absolutely. And so that's what I, I would just simply say, hey, you know, there is an option and it's called homeschooling and it's where you get to make all of the decisions. And, and, and the, this is where that whole concept of being a lifelong learner comes from. People forget that learning is hard. And when you stopped learning, when you walked across the stage, stage with your diploma, you forget that learning is hard. And so you don't sure. treat your students like learning is hard. And, and the fact that you laminated your lesson plans in 1965 doesn't mean that the <laughs> students don't, it's not hard for them. Just because you can factor a quadratic polynomial backwards doesn't mean that freshman who just walked into your class can. And we forget that unless we are consistently in the, the process of struggling to master a concept, we forget what it's like to struggle to master a concept. I, I agree with you 110%, Mark. Absolutely. I, unless, I, you're, unless you're a tech guy. And then you have to struggle to master concepts daily or you get left behind. Minute by minute, yes. <laughs> the teachers should be too. They should be challenging themselves. Imagine if we were running the same technology in our school that we were running in 1965. How well is that going to work? Do you want to go to a doctor's office where they're still using the exact same thing from 1965? I don't. I'm not going. I refuse to go. So teachers yeah, I, should still be lifelong learners. I wish somebody would mention a video, um, I, something about how we can change schools from Sir somebody. Sir Ken Robinson. Yeah, Paradise there you shift. go. That sounds like yes. a good video. I wish somebody would mention that and 
promote that as a requirement nationwide. Absolutely agree. <laughs> I love that video. Don't be hating on Sir Ken Robinson I, now. I was no. I was thinking about actually promoting my students' um, videos with um, anti-bullying, but I think I'm just going to promote <laughs> the Sir Ken Robinson video every single week. Yeah, that was your tech tip or teacher tip or whatever it was of the week last week, right? <laughs> See, I pay attention. I, not, not, Christy didn't know, but I got the joke. <laughs> Y'all are so mean. I'm I'm pulling out the contract that, that doesn't exist and was never signed. Because I'm pretty sure it said that Mark was just here to produce. And yet, yet, I feel like he's the third co-host. <laughs> no, he's the instigator in chief. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. My bad. The instigator in chief. <laughs> I, I need a new. I need a new producer, please. Excuse me. Excuse me. No, nobody's answering. Excuse me. Good luck finding what? somebody who'll work with you, babe. <laughs> I was going to say. Wait a second. I think I have this feeling she's going to go dark in a moment here. Wait. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> So, Mark, how are you doing today? <laughs> so you realize that you throw me out of the show, and what happens is everyone goes, oh, they are women haters. They're constantly <laughs> getting rid of the estrogen. I've got this all planned out. Okay, I, I think we're actually uh, heading in a downward spiral now. We need to, need to pull it out here. Uh, we've 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 discussed all the the that is wrong with education for the last forty minutes or so. I think all we have time to do now is wrap it up. <laughs> this happens every week that we don't have a guest. We need to get someone on the show to quit just bashing our education system. If only we had somebody whose job it was to line up guests each week. Stop. Martha, are you had, pulling the contract card? <laughs> I had one of the best guests ever last week. And you can't deny it because she's in the chat room. So there. Yeah, but what have you done for me lately? <laughs> I am oh. here tonight by George, and that took an act of God. <laughs> Night star in the chat room. The He-Man okay. Women Haters Club. <laughs> <laughs> and Ed Tech Sandy says, I feel used. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm making I'm, enemies everywhere. On the, on the notion of helping teachers so that they can better complain about other teachers. That's I've got right. a, a couple uh, web pages that I picked up yesterday from... Um, uh, I don't remember who it was. It could have been Rushton Hurley um, or it could have been um, Travis Allen of iSchool Initiative. If you've never met him, great kid. Um, one of them is Lessonopoly. I'm sure some of you have heard of that before. And the other one is Curriki, C-U-R-R-I-K-I.org or Lessonopoly.org. Basically, they're um, pretty good sites for teachers to go there and stop reinventing the wheel. So when they say, you know, take so long to do all this lesson planning and everything, there's a couple sites where they can gleam, borrow, steal um, ideas from, which as teachers, we all do very well, right? I think it was Einstein said, the art of creativity is knowing well how to, how to hide your sources. 
<laughs> so that's my teacher tip of the of the week. It, I guess it wasn't overly techy. Except we're for so you proud. To, you have to use the internet. Okay. What <laughs> what don't you have to use the internet for besides a Pearson funded state assessment? <laughs> Can we just uh, bring Pearson to the conversation one more time, please? You know, I was actually going to make a proposal that we start a drinking game. Um, I didn't say what you you had to choose to drink. I was just thinking, you know, anytime we say the word assessment or Pearson. Or Pearson. (laughs) Or Texas. I think I won't be uh, asking uh, Pearson for any advertising revenue anytime soon on this show. I think I should call him up and see if we can get one of them to come on the show. What do you think? Yes. If uh-huh. we can't get one of them, I mean, just about any legislator in the state of Texas ought to do just fine. It's all the same club. So, Christy, <laughs> what is your uh, tip of the week so that we can end this tirade? <laughs> I've gone from train wreck to tirade. This is fabulous. <laughs> my teacher tip, my fabulous teacher tip of the week is make time to fail. I think it's so important that we give teachers the same opportunity and have teachers give students those opportunities to make mistakes. It's okay to not be perfect. It's encouraged. So let's make plenty of time to fail this week. I've often said that failure is part of the success process. Amen, brother. Preach on. Wow. (laughs) You like that? Did that sound profound? I loved it. I think I'm (laughs) writing that on the wall. (laughs) I could put that on a t-shirt. That's what I should do. I should put that on a t-shirt for my next conference. Oh, I could make a t-shirt for my big purple hat. That could be the shirt my hat wears. The We're shirt. Start. So, uh, Brian, how could people uh, contact us if they wanted to uh, make their own uh, ideas for hat wearing shirts or shirt wearing hats? <laughs> I was just going to say, so they can make fun of our hats. Is that what, is that what it's about? Um, well, there are a couple ways. Let me count the ways. Starting with our new mobile Element OP app available only on Android because oh, yeah, Apple about that. did not get their mind about together. That. that app is going away. So <gasps> um, the the company did the old bait and switch. What was free now is very expensive. So uh, I'm in their grace period, whatever. Um, but when that's gone, so is the app. So sorry about that. If anybody out there, if you teach us a class, or your your school teaches a class on on app development, and you would like to have a project, I got a great one for you. Let me know. Well, on that note, don't you dare download our app for more than like the next week or so because it's going to go be gone. Um, so let's try the website. You don't need an app for the website. It is elementop.com/tightwadteacher. You can also, of course, contact us and comment and request for topics and request us to stop rambling on by ourselves. Or give us a new name. (laughs) Um, Element OP slash Tightwad Teacher. There's a group there as well as you can contact Christy directly at Christy underscore Vincent. Or you can contact me at Bruger. Facebook.com slash Element OP. And look up the Tightwad Teacher page just by typing in Tightwad Teacher and you will find us. And of course, you can leave us a voicemail at 559-I-AM-OP. 
You have to say goodbye, Brian. Goodbye, Brian. <laughs> and nobody has said it this episode. So good night and shut your face. <laughs> good night. Everybody.